There she is, there she is, there's what keeps me up at night. Oh, gee whiz, oh, gee whiz, there's why I can't eat a bite. Those flaming eyes, that flaming youth. Oh, mister, oh, sister, tell me the truth. Greetings, fellow investigators, and welcome to our video podcast, Into the Darkness, where my friends and I play the Call of Cthulhu role-playing game. I'm your host, Tom Rayleigh. The scenario is Reeling Midnight. It was written by Tom Lynch, and it's included in a collection called New Tales of the Miskatonic Valley. Valley. Our game master is Tyler Hudak, and this is episode six. Our recap will be given by Morgan Llewellyn as his character, Garland Vandermolen. So, without any further delay... Let's continue our journey into the darkness. Morgan? Oh, Eugene, old friend. What did you get yourself mixed up in? I keep trying to tell myself that it's not my fault, but it's difficult. Walking in on you like that. I don't know, could I have done something? The more we learn, the more I doubt. How much time have we lost to speculation and theories when an honest and difficult truth has been plain from the beginning? In the case of Ariadne, ecstasy and self-destruction are in Iamundin negotio, always occurring together. We have been diligent in our investigations, following whatever leads we could. Benjamin paid a visit to his old friend regarding the autopsy reports for Roger Hudson and Bradford Taylor, uh, one Dr. Sprague. It seems, however, that red tape held him up, and a sense of honor stayed his hand from bribery. While Mr. Armand may have been a little too gung-ho for my taste about his theories that Eugene was murdered, he is a man of irrefutable character. My father and I have been spending our time trying to get a meeting with the only survivor of Ariadne's Bacchanalian intimacies that we could find, uh, an accountant named Martin Blylock. His secretary, Jessica, gave us the cold shoulder, and we grew suspicious that the man was hiding out in his office. And I began to grow tired of our group's endless musings about this, what scam the Vargas are playing at. I don't care. My friend is dead. And I want to know why. Why? What about that situation? What drove him? What drove him to it? To hell with the Vargas scams. What happens on those Friday nights that is leaving people to bring themselves to their own deaths. That's what I want to know. I mean, learning what brought this duel of charlatans to the doorstep of Arkham would prove interesting, but it is of secondary importance to me. My father, Mr. Armand, and myself returned to Blylock's office, waiting inside the building until everyone else was gone for the day. We found him, as we expected, inside his office. He was inebriated and frantic, broken inside torn between a burning desire to see Ariadne once more and an ineffable fear and dread about what he had seen with her. He drew a gun of suicidal intent, and when my father and Mr. Armand prevented him from turning it on himself, he tried to precipitate himself out the window. But they held firm, and Mr. Blylock was forced to remain with us in, in the land of the living for a little longer. I began talking with him, asking about the rope we saw in the room. He talked of movements in the shadows, vague descriptions of a they and a them, and it was that it was simultaneously the greatest and worst experience of his life. Before he tried to kill himself, he told us that we needed to save Ariadne, and I hope to God that he will tell us what exactly he means by that. What does she need saving from? 
Okay. With that, we pick up where we left off uh, with uh, most of you within uh, uh, Blaylock's office. Uh, Harvey, if I remember right, you are down the road and Dr. Bentz is at home. <clears throat> We're going to um, just to kind of move things forward a little bit. Uh, I'm going to narrate a couple of things and then we'll, we'll pick up. Um, so shortly after uh, Benjamin and Thaddeus and Garland uh, wrestled the gun away from Martin, uh, if you recall, it had, it had gone off at least once, uh, if not uh, more than that. Um, the, the police show up. Uh, they, somebody else uh, who was in the building uh, had heard the gunshots, called the police, and within a few minutes, the, the police had arrived. Harvey, you can see them pulling up. <clears throat> uh, fortunately, uh, Benjamin and uh, Harvey, uh, if, if you decide to, to you know, go and assist once the police show up, are able to calm the situation. Uh, Blaylock is still ranting and raving, really at this point making no sense whatsoever. Uh, but the, the police decide that he is a harm to himself, and so they take him away, um, most likely to the hospital. But the rest of the night is really uh, the police questioning the four of you, asking what's, uh, what happened, uh, why you were up there, and, and so on, which inevitably leads to um, them uh, believing that he has you know, just kind of lost his mind, either cracked under the pressure of work or uh, recent breakup or, or something like that. <clears throat> that uh, by the time the police are uh, done with you. Uh, it is late, late, late into the evening. Uh, we'll say probably close to midnight, 1 a.m. The rest of you return home, and then we will pick up again in the morning, uh, we'll say at about 11 o'clock in the afternoon. Uh, I'll let you all decide where you're going to meet up, if it's back at Benjamin's uh, office or if you wanted to meet somewhere else. Civil, uh, since uh, you weren't involved in, in all of this, you had expected to hear from them the night before. You did not. And so you canceled, we'll say you canceled your class to go meet up with them as well. Uh, so now it is Tuesday, uh, early afternoon. Uh, the, if you recall as well, uh, this evening at seven o'clock, you are to meet with Gerhard Vinch uh, to go through. Uh, he, he said that he would do a, a seance for Thanks. you. We also will, without going all into it, we'll <clears throat> explain to Sybil everything that happened the night before. Right. Um, I will say, though, this scene begins as I sort of stomp into Armand's office being like, none of you could have deigned to call me. It was well past midnight uh, when we got out of there. And then we tell you the whole story. The police were there. We were detained. He tried to commit suicide. Um, something is going on with those charlatans that is driving people bananas. Uh, it's got to be drugs or something that they're slipping into their food or drink. Maybe. Uh, it's uh, or food and drink. I mean, the, the food tables are open. The drink table was open. How do you selectively target somebody like that? And granted, you don't I, give it to us. You give it to them when they come to the room or when they. But as far as we, we, we could tell, though, I was in that bedroom hard up then. There was nothing in there that suggested that they had eaten or drank anything. No champagne, no... There were no glasses, there was no food. 
I wonder if it's an Just injection. Eugene. Candy? I, I don't know. I'm trying to find a, a logical explanation for After dinner meant? I would think it was some new form of syphilis or the like if it weren't for the fact that Eugene suffered instantaneously. Mm-hmm. And I mean, Martin, I mean, Martin Blylock's behavior was something else that when he, when he asked if Ariadne had sent us that look in his eye, the sound of his voice, it was, it was incredible to be so desperate to meet someone who has evidently ruined your life. Uh, a man driven mad by love. Well, but no, didn't no, it no. seem to was, you was, like, like he was talking about something more he was than just about, sexual gratification. Right, he was talking about seeing something. I mean, we talked about this, seeing something, some kind of hallucination, some kind of I don't know other experience, but he, I mean that that they that them he was talking about that plural that plural. Well, that was just in his dreams, was it not? In his dreams, he complained that he dreams. wasn't when he could sleep at all. He had disturbing dreams. He did. He spoke a little bit like a man uh, who from a Greek myth, you know, whose powerful ecstatic experience obsessed him completely. Uh, he yes. also the fact is that he wanted nothing more than to hear from Ariadne or see her again but he also knew he couldn't felt compelled not to almost as if he were under a hypnotic constraint which brings us back to that possibility maybe there's an element of hypnosis involved that went awry in Eugene's case he reacted to the suggestion with hey, violence you seem, to, you seem to think that maybe he saw something like look when I when I when I mentioned the ropes, he knew what I was talking about. Right. There was recognition. So whatever it is that occurs has similar elements, regardless of who it is. Well, did we did we get more detailed reports from the autopsy of Roger Hudson? He did at quick glance. He died of a heart attack. I, I, I won't get them until tomorrow. It, yeah, actually, I, I, as as you uh, say that, the, the secretary, um, I can't remember. What, what is her name again? Phyllis, Sorry. I think. Mine? Um, yes. Uh, oh, have to ask. Okay. I want to say Phyllis, but that's, I could be wrong. That's not Phyllis. Uh, Marjorie. Marjorie. Marjorie, Marjorie. Mar- Marjorie comes up to Harvey and it says, oh, I, I'm sorry. I forgot to give you this note. The... Uh, the medical examiner's office uh, called. They got your paperwork, and you've been approved to go and get the, the medical reports. All right, fantastic. So that's, that's what I'm going to do as soon as we break from here. Yeah. Um, would you mind if I went with you, Mr. Armand? I'm kind of curious sure. to see these for myself. Well, I'm, I'll bring them back here. I mean, it's, all right. it's just reports. Uh, but if you want to ride with me, that's cool. That's fine. All right. I just re- realized in the, in the last day or so, I've been rather obsolete. I'd we're like going, to uh, be a tad more involved. We're going to be seeing the psychic tonight, aren't we? Yes. Yes. Um, Mr. Vince is expecting... coming at 7 p.m. I've already told the staff what to do in preparation for a group. 
I, I'm expecting I can, quite a show. I mean, I cannot believe we're doing this. Really? Do we want to set anything up? Not like Dr. Have him, have him contact my mm. dead mother who's not dead? Or uh, No, I... Uh, Wait, pardon, Mr. 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 Vandermolen? What I'm saying was I am less interested in what he's can psychically do for us than I am about learning information about what happened at the seance gone awry. True, true. A week a week ago. But there's a good segue, I believe, for the conversation. If we ask him to contact you, Gene, that leads into conversation about other parties, like the other parties he's attended. Mm. It brings it, oh. it, it makes it a natural. That's not a bad that idea. Is- that, that is a possibility, especially if we talk about, if we're trying to ask Eugene about what did he, you know, does he miss Ariadne or whatever? Or what happened? Or just what happened to him. <laughs> True, yes. But I, I mean, mean not, not that I have any belief that Mr. Vinch has any such capabilities, but. No, it'll be an interesting test of what exactly his skill set is, though, given that you know Eugene fairly well and we know everything about his circumstance up till. He entered that room. Uh, well, it's important when you're dealing with these sort of people to make sure you're not giving them any assistance in their because they're very good at picking up small things, you know. And he was there that night. So, yeah. and he might have met Eugene a few times before, who knows? Yes, and I mean, if he had, that would also be interesting to, to hear about his Eugene's mm-hmm. past behavior, but I believe that asking to contact Eugene gives us a segue to then talk about what happened two weeks ago. We can also yeah. ask him if, if he can contact Ariadne's mother for us. That's certainly a possibility. I mean, it's a possibility that family members must be present or something. And yes, Armand, we could go with uh, your currently living mother, who you claim died 12 years ago at sea. If he comes up burbling with seaweed, then we'll know that he's uh, an artist in fiction. Many of these spiritualists are very, very good actors. Don't be surprised if he... uh, can seem very convincing. Well, I am I am a student of law. I'm a little bit on the uh, incredulous side of things. Well, I'm a student of uh, human behavior and how to detect nonsense and lies. He didn't say anything about bringing anyone with him, did he? No. An assistant or anything. Mm-mm. That's interesting. You'd think he'd want an accomplice of some kind. Somebody normally, who sneaks in when you're not yeah, looking. So normally, they, some, some of the tricks they do require a second party, and none of us are in on the on the scam. He'll yeah, try well, to find he a way to sneak a in. a fair situation. amount of money. So uh, presumably, he's got a good show. Uh, do you mind, Armand, if uh, Garland and I just drink some of your coffee while you go and get that oh, report? Please, please. Marjorie makes a good cup of coffee. She certainly does. I've rather enjoyed the past few days. Um, she's been with me quite a while. Um, um, so, yeah, until tonight. Unless we have something, we're going to run down to the office and get the medical report. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, yeah. Harvey, are you going with them? 
Oh yeah, I mean I'm, I'm the processing with my name on it, so I should probably okay. show it. Um, all right, so the, the three of you head down to the Arkham Morgue. Uh, Benjamin and Harvey, you've been here before. Doctor Bence, I'm. I, I would hazard a guess that this is probably your first time. Uh, so it, it's you know kind of what you would expect within a morgue. Uh, when you get down in there, um, you enter the the room. Uh, Doctor Sprague, uh, Ephraim Sprague, who is the uh, the head. Um, a medical examiner uh, there uh, sees you walk in. Uh, he actually sees both of you walk in uh, and greets uh, Benjamin and Harvey with a smile. Um, the uh, his uh, assistant um, Robert Dent is suspiciously absent. Um, and as he as you the three of you walk in, uh, he will. Uh, Doctor Sprague also introduces himself to Doctor Bentz. Uh, kind of an old soul, so he kind of you know bows down, kisses your hand, makes a big show of it. Um, and he Who says, his uh, Benjamin, <laughs> watch your hands. He says, oh, hush, uh, it's charming. Uh, Benjamin Harvey, I, I apologize for the, the, the red tape and the paperwork you had to go through. Um, but uh, I've, I've set aside the, the two cases that you asked about, and he has two brown, um, kind of manila folders that he hands over to you. Oh, it's all right. Is there, there some place we can sit and? Absolutely. You know, please use my uh, office. Um, I have to uh, run upstairs uh, to another meeting really fast, but I'll be back in a couple minutes if you have any questions. All right. Thank you. <clears throat> All right. Um, let's have a look at these. Let's All have a look. Review. The, the two um, folders are labeled Roger Hudson and Bradford Taylor. Um, I'm sort of looking over the shoulder of whoever has Roger Hudson. Let's let's do Roger Hudson first. All right. So you, one second here, you crack open the uh, the folder for Roger Hudson. Um, actually, everybody, give me a sanity check. Uh oh. Double O six. Fifty five. Fifty five out of sixty. I pass. All right. So Harvey, you pass as well. All yeah. right. So you, you don't lose anything. Um, in addition to the medical examiner report. Uh, is a picture of uh, Roger Hudson's body. Uh, you you notice that it is um, not notice. I mean, you you visibly see that the the body itself is uh, visibly dried and shriveled up. Now, granted, this is a, a black and white photograph, um, but you right. can you can tell it, it does not look like it um, uh, it it should be. Um, in addition to that, you see. On the uh, his neck, um, there is significant tissue damage, uh, and you can see what looks like two large circular wounds uh, very close to his neck. Uh, in addition to that, the medical examiner report looks like this. Salem, Massachusetts, report of investigation by county medical examiner. Decedent, Roger Vincent Hudson, race, uh, Race, Caucasian, sex, male, age 26. Home address, 247 East Church Street, apartment 30, Arkham, Massachusetts. Single, occupation, department manager. Type of death, uh, suddenly when in apparent health. Comment, heart attack. Investigating its agency, Arkham Police. Body clothed, eyes brown, hair blonde, Weight 164 pounds, height six foot two, body temperature 82 degrees, 
Uh, Fahrenheit. Uh, rigor, yes. Let's see. Marks and wounds. Deceased body was exposed to the elements for likely more than one week. Due to this, the body was partially mummified from the unusually clear and cold weather. Multiple circular bite marks were found on the body, particularly around the throat, likely due to animal scavengers. See attached photo, likely dogs or rats. Cause of death not, not conclusively determined due to exposure of body, uh, due to exposure of body. Preliminary analysis shows no signs of foul play, so likely death due to heart attack. Probable cause of death, heart attack, manner of death, accidental, or, or rather natural. This, this position of case, autopsy requested, auto pay ordered, pathologist, Dr. Ephraim Sprague. All right. It's multiple. Uh, we can see them around the neck, but we can't see. There may be others. That, uh, so so it's, others. it's indicated that there's three locations with these markings. Are they roughly the same distance apart? Like yes. it's a pair? Are they, two, are, they, are they like fang marks? Like two, uh, two next to each other? Yeah, you know what? You could you know, definitely say that they are fang marks. Um, they don't look like what you would uh, expect from a, like a dog or a cat or like a scavenging uh, animal. Or a snake maybe? Like a... It would be oh. a really big snake. How yeah. big? Yeah, how big are the marks? Yeah, this isn't rat. Right. Yeah, they're, they're probably, uh, the, we'll say, uh, three to four inches uh, apart oh, from each wow. other. Wow. Scavenging, big... Likely scavenging animals. I point to a to a, one, a pair of fang marks. Unless this is a saber-toothed tiger, mm. I doubt this is a scavenger. Yeah, yeah it's certainly not. And there's two, so they're not stab wounds. Could it be some sort of medical instrument that's been, he's been punched with or poked with? Is, is there any swelling around, uh, like residual swelling? Like, I yeah. mean, that wouldn't fully deflate upon death. Yeah, no, not, not that you can see. And in fact, you know, the, the whole body, you know, from the, the picture just looks, uh, again, very dried and shriveled up. If there was swelling, it, it uh, happened long before uh, the picture was taken. I kind of point at can the, ask you the doctor when he gets back. Yeah, I kind of point at the section of the report that talks about, like, partial mummification. I'm like... Correct me if I'm wrong, but I, as much as I think clear and cold weather could mummify someone, most of the time, mummification would happen in things like bogs or places that are very dry. Well, it could yeah. be the desert dry. Um, what was the weather like? I mean, unusually uh, cold, right? Yeah, cold and, and clear. Yeah. Well, there's a couple of problems then. Why is his body temperature 80 some odd degrees? because the keeper didn't know what it should be. So okay. assume, assume that that is normal. <laughs> All right. Okay, okay. Like room temperature. Um, I'm, I'm kind of wondering from the doctor whether, whether, he, whether there was a lot of lividity, whether he has still had blood inside of him that had pulled. Is that why he looked so shriveled? Or, um, and also, it's, I, isn't it kind of unusual for rigor to last more than a day? I mean, the body begins uh, to rot. And this certainly has it from, from what I can see in this picture. Although these, these may also be things that 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 the, 
<laughs> I won't push them. <laughs> this 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 would be I'll a good test. This would be a good test for Gerhard tonight if he can supposedly uh, reach out to the dead. These are classified pictures that mm-hmm. no one he would not know of this. No. I sort of passed the photo to one of you. How many how many how many sets of these things do you see on the picture? It, I didn't I think count. It, it it was like three or I, I, I want to say three. Yes, uh, well, four. Uh, four. Two, okay. uh, two on both sides of the neck. One um, roughly on the opposite side of uh, of the, on the chest, on the opposite side of the heart, and then one uh, kind of in his abdomen. So it's not a regular or symmetrical pattern. It could there have been? No. Could there have possibly been more than one? Well, yeah, and but like if, if you were some psychopath with a medical instrument that you were doing something to the person, you wouldn't have four of them. You'd just no. kill him. And he says heart attack. Why is he saying heart attack? I mean, no toxicity, no I blood mean, loss. or. And honestly, though, I'm looking through this report. They're punctures, not gashes, right? Right. right. I'm flipping through the report. I'm not seeing much notes about like the condition of any of the organs were they even located way if there's if there's nothing wrong with them, maybe the kidneys yeah could it be a large reptile that has bit him four times i mean i don't know exactly how big cobras come or they're very large but they spit they don't well some do right some bite and I mean, there could be an exotic circus or something in town. I mean, it's not that crazy. I've heard of, but these are these are three to four inch diameter fa- uh, fangs. Some snakes can get gigantic, can't they? C- certainly, but most of the ones I'm aware of are like boa constrictors, and they, yes. don't, they don't really get this big. He, he wouldn't have gotten far because some of those puncture wounds are right into his neck. I mean, you're talking jugular insertion of a poison. That, or, that would go straight to his heart. Or, there any... or, or even just a bite to the carotid would have him bleeding out. Vampires? <laughs> even that uh, would be big for vampires. This isn't four inches across, so... Oh, thanks, thanks Basie. Okay. Right. Okay. There is uh, the, my bad. There is the other... Uh, uh, autopsy report for uh, Brian yeah, yeah, Taylor. Yeah, yeah let's have, a, let's have a, 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 a look at that. I'm curious now. Uh, so you, um, uh, sorry, uh, you you start looking at that one uh, again. It has the same uh, type of um, the picture. Uh, this one uh, is in, um, very similar to what you saw before where, um, well, in, instead of the, uh, the picture being of uh, like a, a uh, dried and shriveled corpse, this one has, shows a very badly burned uh, victim. Um, it, its arms are in kind of like a you know, shriveled uh, kind of pugilist uh, uh, position. Um, everybody, if you want, give me a spot hidden roll. Okay. 
A pass, regular pass. Ah, 53 out of 65, pass. So those who uh, pass, it's hard to see in the photo. However, you do see uh, a set of puncture wounds near uh, the victim's neck. And this is the autopsy report. Uh, so see, similar to the other one. Uh, mm-hmm. You want to uh, read, read this one? Well, I'll, I'll read it, but let's, let's just, I, all the stuff at the top is pretty much the same. Um, fire victim, uh, unemployed, 5 foot 10, body temperature 84 also. Uh, deceased was dis, dis, discovered. discovered. Discovered in an abandoned house, fire. Body was found with burns over 80% of the body and with the arm in a pugilist form common to burn victims, uh, photo attached. Death was due to smoke inhalation. Uh, next of kin, Alan Taylor, father, identified body. Smoke inhalation for this one. Um, no marks of... The wounds, but that definitely does look like a wound on the neck. Yes, I see it. Were the uh, were the burns uh, covering the locations where the other body was bitten, or had the puncture wounds? It's very close. Um, it's not the exact uh, location, but it's it's close enough. I um, okay. So I those areas would be burned. Damaged. You can't really tell. Right. right. But, but I do point out the one I can see to Harvey so that he, he, he can see it, too. Well, now, we have another clue to add to our the weird stuff going on. If we're going to... Um, I can't think of anything that would make fang marks that large. So let's, let's guess that it's some sort of an, a weapon. Something that he was maybe struck with a few times. But the only thing I can think of that could possibly be that large would be something like, I don't know. Like nails in a board? Or an industrial fork from a restaurant or something. Or nails in in a board, you know, poking out. And if the person was the same height, maybe they'd hit the neck pretty much in the same way if they... If their modus operandi was the same. But maybe some strange medieval torture device. But why would that cause a heart attack? No, that that wouldn't. And it wouldn't cause the body to be in that condition either. Well, let's ask the doctor when he comes back. Because the wounds themselves don't look like they would be necessarily life, you know, ending. The person would bleed. It depends if there was a poison uh, involved with the insertion, such as a needle, could be delivering a payload of some sort. Mm. And depending on the the size of the piercing instrument, as I mentioned before, could have pierced something vital and they could have bled out, but that wasn't the cause of death in either case. It's it's strange because uh, psychopaths in the past have killed their victims in all manner of bizarre ways. Um, this could be some, like I say, some piece of, oh, who knows, sewing equipment that the person is murdering people with. And until we see what it is that he's using, 
Mm. We don't, we'll, we'll go, ah, oh, that's why there's two marks. But until right. then, who knows? Looks like I'm a wondering. giant uh, snake or, you know, something I, with two fangs. So, something, if it, if we didn't have those ropes, I might be with you, but it's crazy. I know it's crazy, but marks plus the ropes, unless this is the biggest spider known to man, I really doubt, I don't know. I, I don't know that insects and spiders can get that big. No, as far as I know, they can't. Um, unless it's, I don't know, a treasure from a lab or something. You know, we could take one of these pictures with us and show it to our psychic tonight and say, this person is dead. Can you identify who it is? Can you contact them? That would be I mean, if you could pull that off, I might actually start believing this shit. <laughs> I, I doubt it, but we'll see. Um, After a few minutes, Dr. Sprague does return to the... Uh, to the okay. morgue. I want to ask him um, these wounds here. Do these look like they were life threatening? Does this because this be something that caused his death? Oh, uh, I mean, it it doesn't appear to be. Which one are you looking at, by the way? Uh, I'm looking at the first guy. The okay. where the, the wounds uh, are a little more clear. Uh, Doctor Sprague says uh, it, it's unlikely that they caused his death. Uh, it, the the issue, however, is that it's very difficult to determine his body, uh, as the the report says, was dried up, shriveled due to the weather, uh, and so a lot there was a lot of blood loss because of that. There was a lot of uh, rigor that you would normally expect. It was almost like the the body was uh, in in part mummified, uh, and so it, at, at that point. It is very difficult to determine uh, cause of death um, based was, on, and he says, based on my experience, that was likely caused by scavenging animals. Was there, Sorry? was there, was there pooled blood where he was found? Uh, he takes a, uh, a couple notes uh, or starts looking through the, uh, the police report and says, no, there was no blood found at the scene. Well, it just seems to go ahead. Was there a decent amount of blood found in the body, at least? Uh, there was some, not as much as you would expect. But again, I I, I attributed that to the uh, scavenging animals and, and the weather. Did, did the reports, did the police reports or your findings find that uh, the, the two deceased were most likely died on that spot or died elsewhere? and were moved there no both uh were likely died on that spot or, or very near it uh you know mr hudson uh he was found in an alleyway uh and you know it, it was unlikely that he would have uh you know traveled very far if he had a heart attack so he likely would have died there uh mr taylor was found in a burned building so it's uh and given that he was burned as well and that uh, appears to have died of smoke ins- inhalation. It, it's li- very likely that he was there as well when uh, when he uh, died. Yeah, they'd have to be it's alive huge. to breathe to die of the smoke inhalation. If they were there dead, they wouldn't be. That wouldn't be in their lungs. Yeah, makes sense. Right. Did Did you notice that the second man also has his marks on his neck? 
he kind of looks a, a little shocked and kind of looks over at the uh, photo uh, to where you're, you're pointing it out. And he goes, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I can, I can see how it might look like that. Um, but uh, when I do remember when I uh, examined the body, I, I didn't, I don't remember seeing anything that looked like puncture wounds uh, like I saw in the other body. Uh, this could just be a case of, uh, you know, you seeing it in one picture and your mind uh, having you see it in, in the other. You have to remember that when a body becomes, you know, this burnt, their, their skin will harden and crack. And so, you know, you will see things like that. Um, he, he's not trying to um, dissuade you. He's just giving his kind of expert sure. opinion as to why he doesn't think that is. Was there any kind of toxin drug, or anything in their bodies that you could find? No, we don't uh, typically. Uh, well, for uh, Mr. Taylor, we didn't test for any toxins, given that he uh, would, had died in the fire. Mr. Hudson, we ran a couple tests and did not find any. All right. Well, thank you for, uh, for showing us these. May I take this one picture? Uh, he says, yeah, you, you are actually allowed to take the... Um, the whole thing? Oh, the the actually, whole thing. Just uh, please make sure you bring it back. Absolutely. Of course, of course. Thank you very much, Dr. Sprague. Thank we are you. very much indebted uh, to you. Absolutely. Thank you. <clears throat> oh, uh, when we get back in the car, I'm going to say, there's one little thing that bothers me. And I felt like, you know, uh, Sprague is reminding friends from quite a while back so i don't want to embarrass him um when you think that the bodies have probably been you know naturally dead you don't just keep going and going and going and going so but it seems to me that if he died of a heart attack then he would have dropped in the alley and natural processes as the blood would have pooled in the lower parts you'd get lividity he would have gone into uh, uh, rigor mortis and then maybe frozen because he would have been there. And if you were an animal and you came along after that and you gnawed holes in him, there wouldn't be any blood. Right. Because there's no heart pumping anymore. Right. Um, on the other hand, if you're something that comes up like a vampire, I'm we, it looks like vampire, but it's too yeah. big. If a vampire came up and drained your blood, then there wouldn't be any blood in you. You'd die, mm -hmm. and there wouldn't be any blood. So it well, then, looks yeah. like something exsanguinated him. As we're in the car, though, I, yeah. I sort of give voice to a thought I had in the in the office and kind of hopefully had mimed over to uh, Ben. <sighs> Mr. Blaylock, he's alive, isn't he? Is there any way to tell whether he has those marks as well? He spent well we the saw night him last him, night. We? we didn't see any weird marks on his body. But you also weren't looking. Well, no, I guess not. He, was, he wasn't exactly well-dressed. I think we might have noticed if he had holes in his neck. But I think that we should talk to him. I think that we should visit him in the wherever they're going to put him in the sanitarium. Yes. 
And of course, we, we need to fill in the Vander Mullins or they're going to wonder what happened to us. Now, let's get back to the office. They're probably sitting in there thinking that we were coming right back. Yeah, the, these, these, these were not gnawing marks. These are just puncture wounds. Mm-hmm. So uh, I'm going back different. to my idea of some sort of medical instrument. We should have yeah. asked, we should go see a mortician and see what the machine looks like where they pump the blood out of the person. Mm-hmm. Certainly. What if it looks like two, one, one needle pumps the blood out and the other one pumps the formaldehyde in. Possible. But wouldn't they have found that in the body? Well, I, I, well, Sprague found what he found. I don't think he was looking that hard. Right. I know, but formaldehyde is very... No, I mean, I'm, not necessarily. You're not going to necessarily use it to pump the formaldehyde in, but you're going to use it to pump the blood out. Right. Yeah. Or, and pump something else in or just nothing. And if he all. bled, he would have bled all over the ground, all over himself, all over the Right. There's, yeah, would have been very messy. Too, too little blood. Head back to the others. Yeah. Yes. You you get back to the office uh, after a couple hours. Um, so Our Marjorie is dancing for you. She's entertaining. It's, it's close to about two o'clock by this point. Well, we 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 had somebody bring some stuff over from Maestro's, I think, and have lunch with Marjorie. It seems like a here's the um, here's the reports. Um, nothing unusual except there seem to be puncture wounds. Very odd puncture wounds. Do we have to make sand checks now for seeing this? No. No? Okay. Uh, what's our best estimate for the most recent uh, party that Brad Taylor visited? Is it possibly... You don't know that he actually ever went to a right. party. Right. But I the knew that Hudson did, but we didn't know mm-hmm. about Taylor. Right. Yeah, the only the only reason we've got Brad on our list at all is because it's an unusual death during this period. That came up. Mm-hmm. However, if if you notice, I point to a to, to, to a spot on, on Bradford's photo for the for the Vandermolens. The same puncture wounds like puncture on wounds. Uh, Hudson are are here on Taylor as well. I give them my theories as to a medical instrument of some sort. But who who's tra- I mean, you're you're suggesting that somebody tracked them down and killed them? Oh well, this might can be I mean, this might be completely unrelated to Eugene. I think it Obviously, would make Eugene more sense if if they had. I mean, there seems to be uh, the theme is self destruction. If Blaylock had had a two-pronged instrument instead of a gun, or Eugene had, you know, or if there was something found with the bodies, it would seem almost that these lads used this thing on themselves. I agree that it, uh, this medical examiner Sprague, you you think he's an honest fellow, right? He's honest, but he's you know getting old. Maybe not imaginative. Uh, yeah. I also find it curious that there's any alleyway that Roger Hudson would go down and nobody else would go down for more than a week. What was he doing in the alley if no people ever go there? 
And if no people ever go there, there's nothing to scare away rats or dogs, which would be the only reason they'd be interrupting a meal. Did I... I don't think if you set a, a beef trunk out over the last 12 days, it would have mummified. I think it would have frozen and thawed and gotten fly blown during the warmer parts of the day. And if mm-hmm. the blood had been drained from it, then it might or, last a little longer, like a piece of meat in your refrigerator. I, the thing that I, I don't know. I just, it sounds crazy, and I know it sounds crazy, but these puncture wounds and the ropes. Are you going to talk about the spider again? <laughs> Believe me, giant- I. I wish, I really wish I weren't having to bring this up, but there's very little that could explain some of this. Well, including a giant spider. I mean, such a thing that I think that people would know about giant spiders. I mean, if there are giant spiders stalking around Arkham, someone somewhere would have seen them by now. It'd be all over the news. In this town? Are you sure about that? I mean, you're talking about something the size of a car. I know, I know, but I can only go by what I'm seeing in front of me, and there's very little kind of explanation in front of me. It's it seems, but I don't know. I mean, there's, and we don't know exactly how this is going to relate to um, to Eugene, and that's what our main. All this other stuff is a little bit extra. Let's see what the psychic says tonight. So the thing, is, the thing about these these two yeah. people, yeah. I mean, we're talking about self destruction, right? I mean, there are ways, <clears throat> there are lifestyle choices one could make in an effort to forget that would involve self inflicted needle wounds or puncture wounds that could lead to your death in an alleyway, or could lead to you passing out in a house and accidentally lighting it on fire because you kept something over. Um, that also coincides with Blylock, because Blylock was certainly going to do himself in if uh, drinking didn't do it to him first. Yeah, uh, he was a postponed suicide when we got to him. He could have lit the whole place on fire with the alcohol that he had. So it's certainly he'd, possible. Yeah, if he'd run out of whiskey, he might have shot himself that night. These these peculiar these peculiar marks on these particular uh, gentlemen doesn't dissuade me from. No. Seeing the connection, the look, we go, whatever goes on when Ariadne takes him up there leads inevitably down this this path. Agreed. They all end up dead later. Well, these other deaths didn't occur on the nights of the party, though. So no, but they they also didn't have guns with them. I'm assuming. No. There's also an extreme coincidence that all of these dead people are. are coming from this I have this similarity of attending his parties Mark, well, one. apart from here's the a, one but he does have the he does have the same wounds as one we know who is at the party yeah here's a maybe a bit of a crazy theory but what if let's say Ariadne and or Zoltan were I mean they're we're, we, we already believe they're con people what if they were more than con people? What if they were very, very good at manipulating people 
And it was just their wild and guilty, sinful pleasure to manipulate a whole bunch of people into a state of mind that they fall madly in love with her and kill themselves in the process because we've got potentially three people who may, we don't know about the one guy, but Blaylock definitely all had to do with this Ariadne and they all ended up in this state of kind of insanity, which we wouldn't have expected them to be in otherwise. I mean, Eugene had no reason to be crazy and Blaylock didn't have any reason to be crazy. Yeah. Um, and that, yet maybe. somehow they got manipulated into believing something that made them kill themselves. I mean, Eugene was acting erratically before he went up there. I mean, proximity to these people tends to be bad for one's health. Right. It doesn't right. necessarily lead to the crisis point immediately, as it did for Eugene. But weeks. the rest of them are cutting off ties with people. Their lives are falling apart. They're increasingly obsessed and irrational before they necessarily even have the special time with her, which could go back to some idea of them being chosen as victims and injured or drugged or something before that, that night that they get to be the star of the Bacchanal. Maybe they have to tenderize the victim in some way first, as it were, psychologically that, or emotionally. That level, that level of obsession, I can't help but think of the sirens. Well, without like being mythological, there are some people that are just damn evil. And they, yeah. they, they enjoy doing evil mischief and chaotic nastiness. And it, it seems like these people are all somehow like wrapped into her web of intrigue web? well yeah. i'm using the metaphor but come into my parlor said the spider to the fly exactly um let's find out from the psychic what went on at the party why it upset them so much yeah and then we've got the photographer all right so the if, one if who's we... going to give the guy the pictures for the money right yes what's that now, all about if we're going to show a picture to uh, Vinch, uh, which one do we want to show? I don't know. It was it was just we know that he's phony. I mean, every there's no right. such thing as psychics. But uh, I, I, why why are we showing him pictures? Why are we putting him yeah. We just ask him to contact Eugene, and then afterwards we ask him about the party. It, I, I think Garland's all right, played. all right. That, that sounds fine. I have nothing else going on right now. We're not here. And perhaps we can ask him to contact any giant spiders that might be in the locality <laughs> to put Dr. Benz's mind at ease. <clears throat> All right. So uh, we should expect you uh, a little before seven o'clock so you can get settled into place before Vinch yes. begins his show. Yes, of course. Oh, thank you, Thaddeus. Uh, yes. Thank you, Mr. Vandermullen. All right. Um, so uh, I guess the rest of the afternoon, uh, early evening passes uh, fairly uneventfully. Uh, you all end up winding over to the Vandermolen's uh, house uh, at you know, shortly before seven o'clock. Um, Thaddeus or Garland, can you describe what your house is like? Well, it's a, a large, uh, it's a large house in the French Hill area. Uh, 
The roofs are gambrelled. Lots of gambrelling. Uh, yeah, you know, uh, a few stately trees, a substantial drive, uh, mid-size mid stone and brick wall outside. We don't keep staff in. We have a housekeeper and cook who visit. Are you, are you married or did your wife pass away? She is, there is no longer a Mrs. Vandermolen. Which is why I'm so free and easy with young chippies at decadent parties. I will. I'll bring a bottle of wine. A good, good bottle of wine. I probably also bring a bottle, probably out of my own stock, Eastern European vintage, quite possibly German. The appropriate because the Germans know their wine making. Hey, <laughs> don't knock until you've tried Gewurztraminer, okay? I wonder if Herr Vinch is a Gewurztraminer type or like something drier. Possibly a Riesling. Now, I think the uh, the library would be a, uh, an atmospheric venue for the uh, mm. the seance. When did you think? Yeah, we can arrange the chairs and uh, bring in some candelabra. Get rid, you know, turn off the. Is is that a, a first story or second story room? First ground floor. Ground floor. Okay, I'm just thinking in case he has uh, an accomplice, they'd easily be able to help. Mm. Um, Again, sure. draw, draw curtains. Yeah, that's, mm. that's good. Certainly. I do say, though, as I enter the, the house, because obviously it's you know quite well appointed, oh, you have a lovely home, Mr. Mr. and Mr. Vandermoland. Thank you. Uh, very little of our labor is involved. There have been Vandermolens skimming off the sea trade for quite a few generations. Still... No matter where yeah, it comes from, it the results are quite are quite pleasing to the eye. Okay. At uh, precisely six fifty-five p.m., uh, you hear a knock at the door, uh, and standing there when it's opened is Gerhard Finch, uh, standing alone, uh, wearing a you know fairly nice suit, very similar to what you saw him wearing the other night at the party, uh, and he is holding a uh, paper bag. Um, he. Uh, walks in um, and greets everyone. He seems a little bit surprised to see everyone there. Uh, he was not you know, really expecting uh, this many people, uh, but you know, to him, it's not an issue. And he looks at you and says, uh, where should we uh, perform the, the seance at? Uh, right this way. Oh, thank you. The coat, hat, bottle, and I'll also... Uh, Taking his coat, give him the envelope with his knight's fee and a and, and a, he, you know a gratuity. Yeah, he he very very discreetly puts it into his pocket. He doesn't even you know uh, open it up to Not count or anything right. like that. Yeah. Um, as he follows you through, um, he you know walks into the the library with you um, and he places the paper bag on the table. And kind of looks at everyone and says, so are, are you all believers? Sure. I can be convinced. Interesting parties, at least. As I, I can understand if you're not or you're uh, skeptical. I, I, I have that a lot. Uh, I, I can tell you that uh, we are my, my gift uh, that I've had um, 
for he stops for a second since, since I was a young boy uh, is is real hopefully I can you know show that to you tonight uh, and with that he starts kind of moving around the room uh, shutting the curtains uh, to darken the room a little bit it, it gets you know, it's still a little bit light outside so it's not completely dark uh, but it's you know dark enough <clears throat> he kind of asks everybody to to sit at the table um, and with that he uh, it opens up the paper bag that he has and it pulls out a large uh, black candle, uh, lights it and sits down at the table, uh, looks at everyone and say, so who shall we be contacting tonight? Uh, a friend Darling? of mine who's departed, uh, Eugene Wilcox. Ah, that's quite unusual. Usually it's a family member. Uh, were you close to Mr. Wilcox? Uh, I was at one point in my life, yes. That's, that is good. Uh, you know, with uh, Mr. Wilcox being so uh, recently deceased, that usually makes things a little easier to, to contact. If, you know, trying to contact long-lost relatives tends to be a little bit more difficult. You, you don't always have success. Uh, sometimes it, nothing happens at all. Uh, we can just hope uh, for the best and, you know, see, see what happens. Uh, before I begin, are there any questions? Do we need to hold hands? Do we need to concentrate we need? on who we're trying to contact? What is it that we are, what is our participation in this uh, proceedings? Uh, yes. Well, when we start, we'll all hold hands. I, I would ask that everybody just remain quiet. Uh, let your minds relax. Uh, you want the the energy of the room and the energy of the spirits and of everybody to to flow through you. Uh, what what my job is <clears throat> is to try and create a connection with the other side. Um, specifically with Mr. Wilcox. Uh, if I'm able to, then uh, he will speak through me uh, to you and you will be able to ask him any questions. Uh, I, I can tell you, I don't know how long uh, the connection will last. I don't know uh, if he'll, if even what he'll say will be comprehensible, um, especially for somebody so new to the other side they may be confused they may be scared and so just understand that you, you may not always get the the answers uh that you, that you're looking for uh and you know as i've recently discovered there uh can be other things that happen as well so we just uh, i ask that you just keep an open mind right you care hard and so he says, if there aren't uh, any additional questions, uh, please hold hands. Um, and he closes his eyes uh, and says again, please let your minds relax. Let, let, let your energy flow to me. And this whole time, too, he's, he's speaking in his thick German accent, um, never wavers. So you have no um, uh, indication that it might be fake. As far as you can tell, he is truly German. Um, he closes his eyes and says, where are you? Uh, Eugene Wilcox, please reach out to me. Come, come from the spirit world and reach out. Uh, and those who are, who, who's, hold, who, um, who's holding his hands? I do not know. I, I'll be holding one of his hands, I guess. 
Okay. I'm, you, you know what, what the heck, I am as well. All right. So Dr. Bentz and uh, uh, Garland, you are, you know, each holding one of his hands. Uh, you can feel his hands. Uh, he's not like uh, uh, squeezing your hands tightly, but it's, it's still a, a good, um, uh, you know, strength. Um, and he, he kind of sits there uh, again and says, where are you? Eugene, come, come to me. And then nothing happens. Uh, you, you all sit there for uh, about, you know, a minute or two uh, with Gerhardt, you know, continuing to, you know, ask for Eugene to, to come and speak. Uh, he says, I beseech you, what, where, where is the one? Uh, Eugene, please come to us. And, and as that happens, as he says that, the candle kind of wavers a little bit as, as if it was in a breeze, breeze, even though there's no hint of a draft within the room. Uh, Gerhardt, uh, with his eyes still closed, says, you are here. And with that, the, the candle bursts a couple inches higher. The room fills with this uh, like odorous uh, burnt smell uh, one of the walls uh, where, so you're in a library, so one of the walls has books. It almost like flexes and you can f uh, see uh, a couple of the books fall off. Everybody give me a sanity check. Uh, wow. A 24, I am surprisingly calm. 33. Oh, that's not good. That's a fail. All right, so if you passed, uh, you only lose one. If you fail, you lose a D4. Okay. Uh, because what happens is as the, the, the wall seems to flex and the, the books fall off and the, uh, the flame sputters up higher, uh, Vinch uh, opens his eyes all of a sudden. He, uh, his hands, uh, uh, Garland and uh, Dr. Benz, starts to squeeze almost to the point of pain your hands. And, he's, <sighs> and, and Vinch is almost, you know, he, you can see that he's sweating. He's uh, saying, Come to me, come to me now, Eugene, come to me. And with that, there, the room, just the channel immediately goes, uh, goes out. There are more creaks in the walls and a bang as the table that is right in front of you all splits open. Uh, with that, Vince screams out this almost barely human uh, scream. Uh, he stands up from the table. Uh, again, still holding your hands, holding them even, even tighter now. Uh, and as everybody looks at him, you see that he now, uh, as he stands up, his eyes have started to glow this unearthly red. Two very long fangs have sprouted from his mouth. And he looks uh, almost gurgling, and you hear him say this. I am the mother. Be gone, intruders. And let not your fangs And with that, uh, he then his head spins around almost at an, a unnatural uh, angle, and he sinks uh, both of those fangs into his shoulder. Uh, as he does, he starts he falls to the ground, writhing violently and foaming at the mouth. Oh boy! Oh oh, oh my God! Uh, call the call the doctor. Yes, I'm going to Do we need to make another sandwich. Mr. Venerable. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, go ahead and make another sanity check for oh, seeing him do that. Holy I still pass. I guess I'm good in a yeah, I'm good in a pinch. So. Oh my god, I totally fail. Oh nine. If if you pass uh, just another one, uh, D three. If you failed. 
don't have a D3 here. Um, hold on, give me a minute. D6 divided by two. Yep. Um, ah, okay. I, uh, I am, I, I am I running for... for... <laughs> Go ahead. Sorry, I am I am running currently for our priced uh, oh, hunting okay. rifles not bad. that are on a mantelpiece above a fire. Okay, I, I'm running okay. for rifle. I, I want to okay. see. I didn't quite understand the very last part of that. Um, I, I want to see if this is fake. Yeah, we have a transcript. Uh, I I will get you one in a second. Thank um, you. So he uh, you you uh, so. How, how are you checking to see if, he, if he's faking? Oh, I'm, I'm ready forward. Does he still have these fangs? Yes. Uh, well, no, 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 no. I'm sorry. He, uh, the, the fangs have disappeared. Um, his mouth, though, is still foaming. He's almost convulsing. And you can see the two fang marks in his shoulder where uh, he, um, he had bit himself. Okay. Does so I, I, despite this whole horror, the whole situation, the marks on him, are they about the same width as the ones we saw in the autopsy report? Yes. Mr. Armand, it's the same. It's the same. I grab a napkin from the table. I rush to him and I put it in his mouth, make sure he doesn't bite down and bite his tongue Swallow off. His tongue. Yeah. Yeah. I think he's having an epileptic fit. Yeah, I think so too. Yeah, absolutely. So so I'm trying to uh, do that and just stabilize him so he doesn't flail and, and hurt himself anymore. I don't want to be right. I don't want to be right. Did you call the? Did you call the ambulance? Yeah, I called the hospital uh, and the let's, police. Let's bring some water. Please. Um, Put on the electric uh, lights. Yeah, let's get him some water. The, is he? The is he? Uh, coming to, coming around or is he no he he is in uh he's just unresponsive he's unconscious uh there it, again he's it, the foaming at the mouth has uh slowly started to stop uh but he is absolutely un- unconscious you you can't yeah. seem to wake him um, as you breathing? turn on the light oh, sorry go on is he, he breathing pulse? yes he, he's breathing he's, he's got a pulse um yeah. as uh thaddeus turns on the lights you can see the just the destruction of what happened in the room. Uh, the table itself is just cleanly split down the middle. Uh, the the books on the shelves have fallen. The the candle itself seems to have like melted into this, this puddle of wax. I was a complete. I I wasn't a believer at all. How do you explain any of this? I. I- I don't know. I'm going to, I feel, I mean, rushing to get the gun. And now that he's no longer a monster with fangs, I feel a little silly holding it. Somebody put it back, but. That table was teak. We've had it for a hundred years. Let's, um, let's see if we can get him over here on the couch. Yeah. Okay. I'll pick him up from the, I guess. Something to wipe his mouth. I suppose we do not have to ask. What it was that went wrong a couple of weeks ago? I'm I'm going to lift his lip and check and see if there's any any damage or anything. Yeah, I mean, I I still think this was fake somehow, but yeah, as you as you do that, so you you lift him up to the couch. Uh, mm-hmm. Again, he is still unconscious. You get him over there. You have to kind of wipe some of this uh, like right. gray yeah. grayish uh, foam uh, away from his mouth. 
uh, as you look into his mouth, you do see that his, um, uh, I guess, incisors or, or uh, whatever, um, it, it's hard to tell, uh, but it right. almost looks like they are slowly shrinking back to his normal gums size. Are bleeding. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to check and see what his eyes look like. Are they dilated? Are they? Yeah, his, his eyes are, are definitely dilated. They're no longer red. Uh, they're, they're his normal color, uh, but they're very dilated. Uh, so the te- the teeth you said were shrinking. We saw mm. them shrinking back to normal size quickly. Yes, mm-hmm. I'm sort of pacing back and forth from my chair. It, you laughed when I said spider. Doctor, How else doctor, do you explain that, do- Doctor Benz? Please calm down. Sit down. Uh, um, can I get anyone a sherry or something stronger? Yes, please. please. Those teeth, you saw that, right, Ben? The teeth, they actually were retracting into normal. Yes, I saw that. We all did. But I mean, even just now, I mean, we saw it during the seance, but just now we we saw up close in personal. That was no, that was no trick. We saw those teeth shrink. The glowing eyes was The way way his head turned. How do you explain that? No, but that, a spider's heads don't spin around like that. What are, it wasn't a spider that bit him. He bit himself somehow. Spiders don't have heads. I mean, spiders. they do, but... They have they... faces. Well, their head and their body is fused into one thing. But... Yes, but um, it was not a spider. That was a man who was being inhabited by a spider who called itself the mother, as you, if it was the mother of Ariadne. Naha. You have quite a you have, like you have quite a library. Do you have you ever heard of this Atlak Nacha? It's all in Cthulhu Mythos rules. Let's see. Uh, a twenty yet. is twenty points shy of a success with my zero skill. I'm a zero, so that, that's a no. I, I have a, I, a, it a almost ten sounds, in a cult, so I'm only off by sixty. It it almost sounds like. Uh, like uh, American Indian or something. Uh, the sound of the word Atlak Nacha doesn't sound like Russian or German uh, or French. Uh, or... No, nothing, sound German. nothing in my area, no. I am the mother, begone intruders, Atlak Nacha reigns here. I, I'm going to go to his shoulder where, the, where it was bitten down. I'm going to pull aside his shirt and mm-hmm. coat to see, is, is there swelling? Do, do I see... Does it look like a nasty wound mark or is it? Oh yeah, there's there's definitely swelling. There's a, you know, a nasty wound mark. I mean, I, I'm going to assume that, you know, somebody had put something on there to, you know, kind of staunch the bleeding a little bit. Right. Um, yeah. But yeah, you, you definitely okay. see two of the, the, the fame marks right uh, where he bit down on himself. And just like uh, Dr. Bence asked uh, previously, it looks very similar to what you saw in the autopsy photos. <clears throat> Uh, within the, about uh, oh, go on, sorry. Oh, no, go ahead. Uh, say, uh, within about uh, ten minutes, uh, the you hear uh, sirens uh, approaching. An ambulance comes in. Uh, the the paramedics come up to uh, you know they they come to the front door. Uh, I assume um, Thaddeus or, or Garland or or maybe even your uh, housekeeper uh, going to lead them up to. Uh, yeah, I'll get library. the front door. Uh, when the uh, medical authorities arrive, I suggest that we say the room was darkened for the seance, so we didn't see how he was injured, but we fear there was some kind of poison. Do we agree? Right. 
Yeah, okay. we think that he somehow did it to himself for some reason. Yeah, but the light was out. Uh, and the the paramedics are just very. Uh, you, you you tell them this when when they come in. Paramedics are very just kind of you know shocked. Um, although this isn't you know probably the worst that they've seen being paramedics in in Arkham. Um, <clears throat> they perform uh, some first aid on him. Uh, he does not. Uh, come back uh to consciousness um he seems to be uh you know staying unconscious in almost like a catatonic state um <clears throat> with that you know they start you know asking you some more questions like you know what was there a, a dog or an animal here how, how did he get the the puncture on his uh, shoulder it was dark we don't know uh the police uh, end up showing up as well uh, they don't stay around for very long. Um, you know, you're telling them that, you know, something had happened. They, they do a quick search and interview of everybody just to, uh, make sure that there aren't any, uh, you know, that nobody, there's, that there was no foul play. Um, and given a lack of, uh, evidence, uh, or a weapon, um, they, they can't really charge anybody with anything. Um, they don't find anything, you know, although it is, you know, very odd to see everything, uh, kind of broken up as it is. Um, the paramedics do take him away fairly quickly, though, um, to uh, the um, Arkham uh, Hospital. He was an eccentric guy. Uh, we well, don't know he why he decided to. Guy. I mean, if he something, he gave himself something to heighten his show, or you know, that's uh, more plausible than one of us. Uh, please um, accept my card. Uh, I'll be covering his medical bills. Um, expenses uh and if there is any news i hope he'll i hope he'll wake soon uh please uh let us know uh and they say you know of, of course uh you can you know they give you directions on, on where you'll be able to find him <clears throat> so we didn't really get any kind of answer as to eugene but we did get something awfully weird. I wonder if over at that, you know, they've got a lot of weird literature over at the Miskatonic University. I wonder if we can find any references to this. I'm like not sure. This, this. Not going over there Maybe tonight. Of... <laughs> no, not tonight. Oh, you are, but yeah? Okay. Not tonight, but tomorrow we might be able to find something in some of the more esoteric sections. I don't know, but oh, God. I'm gonna start. I'm gonna start putting the books back where they go that fell off the shelves. Can't believe my eyes. I've never seen anything I'm like that before. Definitely drinking the sherry bottle. We have we have a full cellar. Um, the candle seems easy enough. You have a rigged candle to begin with. It's got a bit of wick that wavers and a bit of wick that burns brightly and a bit of wick that erupts and. Uh, you know, a place for it to melt suddenly. That's an easy trick to do. You can't table. have gotten to the house to string any lines to pull the books down. And your but, walls creaked heavily. Yeah, I mean... And the and table. This is our this table. Is, I gesture the table. How do you explain that? No. And even if he had was an ingenious fraud, he paid off the house staff and you know, I don't think he's going to recover so even if he had the most ingenious parlor tricks in the world and you know artificial fangs that he slipped in and some kind of i don't know 
They weren't artificial. They were not artificial. I got a close-up oh. look to see those teeth retract. His, those were his teeth, just, and his eyes. How do you explain his eyes? Yeah. We, we can't explain it, okay, doctor? Is no. that what you want to hear? This is what we can say. My own house. How is it possible that the other young men managed to stab those fangs into more than one place before succumbing to the poison? Are you sure it was them possessed by this Atlat Nacha at the time? We're not sure of anything. We have no answers at all to any of this. The place that he thrust the fangs in, is it possible that the figures in the autopsy photographs could have reached a similar place? Uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's possible. It's possible, except for the, for the, Mr. Hudson's in the abdomen. He would have yeah. had to have been almost bending double to make that one happen. Well, we, so saw, we saw what he this... did with his head. His head right. almost turned all around. So we um, have no idea what type of contortions they were. I mean, and you're you're talking about bending with like our teeth right now. Those things grew to a sizable uh, extent. It wouldn't take as much of a bend to get a stab that deep. Marmond, uh, yeah. can you make sure that uh, Sprague knows to test for a toxin in? Assuming that uh, Herr Vinch doesn't survive, that might be the first hint we have of the venom involved. Right. Um, I hope that he survives. I uh, fear he's... that he's going to be dead within a week because th this is lining up with everyone else with these markings. Except, no, there's something that's not lining up. He never went to be with Ariadne. No. We didn't. We can't make any assumptions. And I'm still extremely reticent to say supernatural. I just don't believe in the supernatural. I don't either. But I, and I don't care razor, what we Mr. saw. Armand. I don't care. Occam's razor. Occam's razor. You are asking. The one side of Occam's razor is to suddenly open up and believe a whole bunch of supernatural nonsense, as opposed to some charlatan faking something or murdering somebody or covering up his own guilt in so some way. We just don't know. So you're telling me that Mr. Vinch no, killed all those I'm men telling you and, then faked, and then faked this. That's certainly a possibility. It's just as much of a possibility as a giant spider from another universe. Come on. Yeah, it's, it's just far more likely. Occam's razor. It's far more likely that it's a, a homicidal maniac faking something to throw us off. And I don't know how he did it. No, but we, I don't know how magicians on stages do their magic either. We believe now, as you know, modern 20th century people, that uh, the, uh, the medieval myth of uh, the lycanthrope was actually a disorder that caused people to grow uh, hairy. Hair. Uh, and there's the St. Vitus dance, which people thought was some sort of religious ecstasy, but was a disease. Uh, perhaps there's some kind of infection that the Vargas brought with them from wherever they really came from that causes some kind of very exotic condition that erupts Henry. and fades. 
why didn't I think of this? Maybe he does have a con, uh, uh, somebody working with him. Do you remember we all sat down at the table and he walked around to your windows and pulled the curtains? Mm-hmm. Couldn't he have just as easily reached over and unlatched the window there or there or there and I'll let somebody windows, in they, behind the curtains? They, they are latched. And they when they now. had time to leave. They, you can't latch them from the outside. And, and then this partner betrayed him by putting plans into his head. Not, and... I, I, until he's dead, I'm not going to believe that that's what I, I see what you're saying, Ben. I mean, you're trying, I'm saying to, that you're you, trying to... I'm trying to rationalize it in a manner exactly. that doesn't involve giant supernatural creatures. I will say, I however, that the problem with that is that your Dr. Sprague is also trying to be rational, and that's why he keeps ignoring evidence that's right before his eyes. sloppy, yeah. So could I, I go we... outside and just take a look outside around those windows? Like, is, is there a nice soft soil where flowers are planted that tracks could be made. Maybe we can see something there. We have hydrangeas, we have azaleas, we have some rose bushes. I have a very good flashlight. It's one of the ones with the newfangled battery. Well, let's let's take a look outside the window, see if anything's disturbed. Uh, go ahead and give me a spot hidden roll. All right. I'm head out. I'm what what time is it right now? Bingo. 50 out uh, it of, would probably be close to 9 30 by this 50 point. out of 60 that's a that's a pass you you go and look under all the windows outside uh and nothing there, there's no footprints there's no uh, disturbing of the ground or the flowers or the grass underneath it uh looking at the outside windows they all appear to be intact uh and like um uh, I think it was uh, Garland Bethadia said there does not appear to be a way to open or close the, um, the, the, the latches from the outside. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's Tuesday night. The, uh, the drop, I believe you called it in Boston. That's Thursday morning. Correct. Thursday. And then the next party is Friday. We have to be completely prepared for whatever What's happen today? again. Today's Tuesday night. Is I need to get to the, uh, like Garland said, Garland, you can do it. Uh, go to the university and see if you can find anything on this Otlak Notch. Otlak, and we should all agree on what it said, right? And it is, I am the mother, the mother. be gone, uh, intruders. Otlak. Nacha reigns here. here. Yes. And so where did the sound to, come from? Was it his we, voice? Yeah, it, well, it, it was coming from him. It obviously yeah. wasn't his voice. His mouth was moving, but I don't know. <clears throat> was his mouth moving or was his mouth just open and sound coming out? No, it was moving. Okay. Yeah, uh, if we are to take it at value of what it was supposed to be a seance talking to Eugene, then that would indicate that this creature or whatever now possesses Eugene. As well, crazy no. as that sounds. If, if we took it at face value, it said, I am the mother. Is it possible yeah. that he, he didn't contact Eugene? He contacted, he contacted somebody something else. else. Yeah, but that last part of the sentence 
I I reign here now, or what was no, that? I'd like not to reigns here. I, I hope it was referring to whatever uh, to the individual, because I believe uh, it's mistaken. Because this house rightfully belongs to the Vanderbilt. Yes, I, I hope it, the here it, in question is not our home. That would be very disturbing. But yes, uh, fortune which, which whichever Vandermolen wants to come with me, I'll be definitely spending some time in, in the library tomorrow. Garland, uh, you're um, you know academically minded. I was thinking of spending a great deal of time uh, uh, in a gin bath tomorrow. I will go to the uh, <clears throat> I will happily go with the with uh, with Dr. Benson explore the uh, library at Miskatonic uh, if you are going to stay uh, here with a, a gin bath father it might uh, behoove you to direct the staff to inspect the structural integrity of the house I mean it got quite a shake from whatever cause Mm, in fact, we'll look at the yeah we'll look at the brickwork in the morning and the plaster and see if I need to call a man. If uh, if you'll excuse me, I'm going to go to the hospital. Um, I should be able to get into any kind of secure area there. Yeah, um, and while, will, while you're there, I'll, check on on check up on uh, Blylock. The marks. Uh, yes, I will. Does Blylock have the marks? No. Well, Blylock may be in the um, the lot the the pokey. Uh, we'll see. Yeah, I guess is under that, observation. My guess is that Blaylock hasn't the marks yet, and that within 24 hours of him being held, unable to self-medicate with whiskey and who knows what, he'll suddenly appear with two wounds, no matter how secure a room he's in. All right. I will see you in the morning. If you learn anything tonight, call, please. Let's, let's just meet at noon uh, tomorrow. No. All right, unless something urgent comes up. Ben, I'll, I'll, uh, could I have get, catch a ride? Hmm. Thanks. So you want to go to the hospital tonight? Yeah, I want to make sure. I mean, if he's going to die, maybe he'll be conscious for a while <clears> first <throat> and I can talk to him. But I don't think he's going to die. I think I'm still thinking this is all faked. And the rest of you are going to retire for the night? I then? believe we're going to crack open another bottle of something. Mm. Oh, I have so much gin at home. I'm going to be trying to like drown myself in it. I brought you some wine. <laughs> yeah, we'll open we'll open a Benjamin's wine. <clears throat> I think Manischewitz is a really good brand. <laughs> Maybe if we put enough fruit in it, Garland, we can get through yeah. it. Yeah, make give it, it to the show. I, I did bring a divertsamener, so... Uh, Benjamin, you, you go to the hospital. Um, Harvey, are you going with him or? or... Yeah, I'll, I'll go with him. I, I want to check on, on Gerhard. <clears throat> okay. Um, you, you go to the hospital. Uh, it, it's fairly easy to find where Gerhard is. Uh, he's in a medical room. Um, he's still unconscious. Uh, after, you know, a little bit, uh, one of the doctors comes up and uh, to you and says, uh, can I, can I help you? Do you know, uh, the patient? Well, we were there when it's happened. It, we think yeah. that he's been poisoned. Uh, uh we think he's self-poisoned, uh, but we don't know what it was. Uh, well, I, we, we tested him for, for any poison. We, we did find, uh, a bit of, uh, natural, uh, venom, uh, where we still haven't been able to identify it yet. Um, however, 
spider. Uh, spider venom. Interesting. Okay, I'll 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 tell our uh, lab to to start looking for, at that. Um, it, it doesn't seem to have, you know, fortunately, it doesn't seem to have affected him uh, too much. He's just uh, unconscious at the moment. Uh, unfortunately, you know, we don't know how long he's going to be like that. It, it's going to, we're just going to have to wait and see. All right. We think that somebody else was uh, poisoned in the same way uh, uh, about how long ago was what's the same two weeks ago or so yeah it was about 10 days 11 days ago and we don't know how quickly it it acts but that person looked like they'd had a heart attack Mm. so maybe be prepared if he has cardiac arrest okay whatever you can do okay well oh i'll have one of the uh the nurses or orderlies uh watch him throughout the night and uh let me know if uh they come across anything <clears throat> yeah, unfortunately, it's going to take a little bit to to run through all the tests. I mean, thinking that okay. it might be a spider poison will will help narrow things down. But um, Sp- yeah, spider still, or we, snake? Yeah, we still have to find the right uh, anti venom if or if, if there is a you know poison. Um, here's my number, and uh, I am Detective uh, Benjamin Armand. Please uh, contact me immediately if he regains consciousness. All right, thank you. We will. Oh, we sh- we should have the uh, the paperwork cleared for uh, Blaylock. Yeah, let's see if we can if we if he's here. Um, you find that uh, he's not at the hospital that he was transferred to uh, Arkham Sanitarium. Uh, that uh, you you are able uh, you are able to find one of the, the doctors that treated him or one of the nurses, and they stated that he um, other other than the kind of some superficial wounds. Um, and some dehydration. He was fine physically, uh, but mentally he uh, had basically uh, broken. Um, and so he, uh, they couldn't do anything more for him there. And so they transferred him to uh, Arkham Sanitarium. Okay. Um, well, in that case, um, do you want to go by? It's kind of late. You want to go by the sanitarium tonight? That's I think not- that we need to tell them the situation that yeah. his mental state may be such he tried to commit suicide. But there are some, you know, sort of red flags along the way to look out for. Yeah. I don't know what their, their hours <clears throat> would be for us to come in. It's well, probably there's always going to be somebody there. But oh, we can talk to the doctor in charge, who's ever in charge tonight, tell him the information and then leave. All right. So but by the time you get over there, it's probably close to 11 o'clock, 1130. Uh, so pretty late. Um, you, you get in the front door. Um, but you're, you're immediately stopped by the, the orderly that's kind of manning the front desk. Um, uh, he, he does tell you that uh, uh, Blaylock is there, but um, you are unable to see him. He does offer to uh, get the on-call doctor if you need to talk to him. I do. I want the on-call doctor. And I'm just going to go explain that we were there, that we're the ones who got him out of the, the building. And that we're working on a case where we suspect there's some sort of poison or toxin that's being introduced into the patient that's affecting their brain chemistry. And write that, you know, take note, whatever doctor's actually treating him should know that to watch for the signs of he's going to, he might try to kill himself again. Everyone else has successfully killed themselves. Uh, The doctor, you know, thanks you. Uh, He says that, you know, he's been very, 
Uh, he hasn't shown any physical maladies yet, although we will keep his, uh, our eye on him closer. If it is a poison uh, or, or something like that, then in theory, it should wear off after a while if it didn't kill him, um, unless it caused permanent uh, brain injuries. Uh, but they, he said that they will keep uh, watch. He's he's mostly been um, kind of quiet since they brought him there, just staring out the, the window, um, not really saying too much. All right. Thank you. <clears throat> Harvey, 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 Harvey. Let's go. Yeah. Right. This is a doozy. Off. Thanks. So the, the rest of the night passes uh, probably uh, not well for everybody. Um, sleep does not come easily. Uh, every time you close your eyes, especially uh, Dr. Bentz, you, you can kind of see the, the fangs. You can see the, the red eyes uh, you know, coming, kind of coming at you. Uh, morning uh, comes around, although not soon enough. Um, Dr. Benz and Garland, you were were you going to go to the library uh, before meeting up with everybody? Uh, yes, I feel like I would want this information, and I would want it now. All right. Um, so you can both meet at Miskatonic uh, University Library. Uh, go ahead and give me a library use roll. By the way, darling, you can tell I probably not slept last night. Hair's kind of disheveled. I've got bad under my eyes. I look like a little bit of a mess. Well, I am obviously distracted because uh, I got to run 91. <laughs> 61 out of 80. Pass. All right. So, Garland, you know, you're you're more used to the law section of uh, the Miskatonic University Library. So all the, all the, you know, the sections where you're looking, you don't really find too much. Um, Sybil, though, as you start going through, uh, you end up finding a book, um, a book of uh, speculative myths uh, called, uh, the book is entitled Tales of Mythic Hyperborea. Um, and you, you start flipping through it. And at one point you do find a mention of, uh, Atlak Nacha. Um, it's a story uh, of a young woman who is afraid of losing her youth and beauty. And so she strikes a deal with this entity named Atlak Nacha, uh, who promises the young girl eternal life and youthfulness in exchange for the girl bearing the children of this spider goddess. I knew it. I knew it. I you, walk you, over to, to, to Garland, hand him the book. So what? You think Ariadne is this girl in this book of legend? I don't think she's the girl. She may not be the girl, but you can't, you have to admit it fits. It fits, but I, I don't think I'm ready to uh, accept the fact that there is some spider goddess that can grant one eternal life. I don't want to either, Mr. Vandermolen, but you had class with me. Did I ever seem to be the type to just go on flights of fancy? Hmm? Well, you didn't then, yeah. You saw what I did. You experienced what I did. We've seen all the same information. And now suddenly, when I'm seeing what the puzzle seems to be telling me, I'm disbelieved. Tell me, Mr. Vandermolen, has my gender potentially prejudiced you against me? 
know my study of law has. When you look at facts of a case, uh, there's always multiple ways to interpret it, uh, Dr. Benz. If there was only one possible interpretation, there'd be no need for lawyers to begin with. Uh, that is not the world in which we live. So yes, we've both seen the same facts, the same things. I, however, have no evidence to believe in the existence of a spider goddess. That is where I am. You're right. Something, something rather strange happened last night. I cannot explain to you what happened to Mr. Bench. I cannot do that. You're right. You can demand explanations from me. I cannot give them to you. I don't, however, believe in deities. I didn't either. But when everything else has been eliminated, what is left no, is No, the but there, not, not everything else has been eliminated. Like what? He couldn't have done this to himself. We agree with this, yes? But a spider, a spider goddess in I'm this not place called exactly Hyperborea that doesn't even exist? I am not exactly thrilled that this quite possibly would be the answer, Mr. Vandermolen. Believe me, I am not. But when faced with the, with the facts, and a potential explanation, I don't particularly see how, what other explanation there could be. I mean, eyewitnesses in court testimony are the worst kind of evidence because our memories are subjective experiences. We, we cannot really be sure that we saw what we think that we saw. So we imagined your table splitting in half. No, the table split in half and books did fall off our shelves uh, and the house did shake and the candle did what it did. Um, and something happened with Mr. Vinch that we believe has some spider-like qualities to it. That does not, however, mean that I have to accept the premise that there is a spider goddess who has made a deal with Ariadne to implant spider babies into people in order to extend her own life. But theoretically, could it make sense? Could it? If there were spider goddesses that made these kind of deals, then sure. If. That, that's a that, big, is, that is a big, big if. That is all that I'm not ready I to ask. That's all I ask. Because believe me, I'm not the type to just go off on wild flights of fancies either. But unless something were to come that were to do, explain all of this in a very neat way... But I mean, I, I'm let's, by what let's, I let's see. look at it. Let, let's look at this at this way. When we first saw what happened to Eugene, uh, I know for me that was quite traumatic. And you meant, and there was something about ropes that you suggested as spiders. So now there's this association in our minds subconsciously of spiders and these strange occurrences. So then, when something weird happened to Gerhard Vinch, we had a collective hallucination that was spider related because it was already we were already primed. To think about giant spiders, am I? Is that correct? We, you've been bringing up the spider thing for so long that now we're just seeing it, even if it's not true. If that were that the is case, what I'm if that were the case, then we should have been able to enter the room quite easily, shouldn't we? No, something was but blocking we... the door. That doesn't mean a giant spider that put silk across the door. I... I don't want to believe this either, Mr. Vanderbilt. Then why I are you don't. pushing it so hard? If you don't want to do it, nobody's forcing you. That's the thing. You've been thinking spiders this entire time. I mean, look, his teeth shrank. His teeth. 
shrank. Okay. His teeth but shrank. Those his why, teeth are not Why fangs. did if, why if did they teeth, grow? If he bit himself with his teeth, I cannot explain to you why they grew. But if he bit himself with his teeth, then those are teeth. They're not spider fangs. But we saw spider fangs, even though they are just his teeth. His but teeth we didn't, didn't remain. We, we did not fangs. hallucinate what happened to him. He's in the hospital now. We didn't imagine no, as that. I said, something happened to him. The what we perceive to be spider-like things about him could have been a group hallucination. So again, you're talking about once we eliminate all these other possibilities, we have not eliminated all the possibilities. We have not yet questioned our own sanity yet. I mean, no. this is, I mean, accepting the existence of, of spider goddesses is a step I am not willing to take at this time. At, at this point, as you're having this conversation, a rather stern and upset looking librarian comes over uh, to both of you and says, excuse me, I, I, if you will please take this conversation outside. We have patrons here who are trying to study. Oh, my. Of course, of course. Thank you. I'm sorry. Apologies. I'm sorry. I sort of, you know, check out the book, you know, give Mr. Vandermolen a very, like, professorial, do not question me, student, glare. And, you know, stomp out of the library with book in hand and i will give i know give dr Benz a law student raise your eyebrows when a professor of eastern european history is trying to lecture you on matters of theology psychology and metaphysics and then i'll leave to go back to, to rejoin my father at the house right. or at the uh if it's close enough to noon then to mr armand's office yeah definitely close enough <clears throat> So you uh, end, end up back at the office where I presume everybody else is, is still going to, uh, to meet up, um, book in hand. All right. Before I get into anything, I realize this sounds crazy. But given everything that's happened, is crazy completely out of the question? Hmm? Um, there's no reason to accept crazy yet. Uh, and now, uh, uh, uh you, Thaddeus raised the point to me last night after you left about, uh, did we, uh, know the name, uh, not block watch it before. And I don't believe that we did. However, no. that does not mean that Gerhard Vinch, who is Didn't. white, I'm sure well read into this weird esoteric material. I'm sure yeah. that he's come across this before. You, I, did you check I, to see if he had checked that book out before you? The, the library wouldn't tell us. It, it, it's against our ethics. I thought it was right inside the front uh, book. Most of the time, and this is player being a librarian here, at least in my experience, the most we'll see from the actual who checked out, like on like the little tag on, in the back, we'll usually say like what date was checked out. It won't say who most of the time. Um, I... Uh... Did I, if I uh, try to appraise the structure of the house, floors, table, et cetera, is there anything, was there a subsidence last night? Is there damage? Do I need to be concerned? No, none that, none that you could find. And in fact, it, everything, it, it, that, that's kind of odd to you. You would have expected with you know, all of that, there would be damage to the walls, damage to the floor, and everything looked fine. Um, the only, you know, big damage that you had was uh, to the table. And for something like that, there was, you cannot come up with any type of explanation as to how that would have happened. 
There's no rot inside. It just split violently. No, and in fact, it, it uh, you would maybe expect it to it, it split kind of along the grain uh, mm-hmm. where that uh, happened, but it was against the grain, which uh, and Great. this was like a perfect uh, split, which you know you would not expect to see. Yeah, and the rest of the table's integrity's real sturdy and strong. Yep. yep. All right. Yeah, because that's highly unusual. The other thing, you know, in between gin baths, uh, you know, I. I, I was sad not having been a believer that I haven't attended seances before because I'd like to be able to compare what happened to what might be expected. So I look around for a book that might suggest that, but I don't expect to find anything very complete. Was, oh, we're back together at this point. Yeah, um, I'm sort of reporting my was, morning's efforts. I was going to suggest to sort of alleviate that end of it, this would be really hard to do. If we can find someone who also puts on a similar show, another psychic or a psychical society or something like that, and see if they'll allow us to see if they'll explain to us how they would pull something like this off. You know, I don't know how they made books fall off of your shelf, but a thread, I, I, you know, that's what yeah. magicians do. He walks around and he's attaching a thread to a book that we just don't notice that he's done. And then somebody behind the curtain pulls the thread and we all freak out. It, it's yeah, one I mean, matter to, to rig up thread. It's another matter entirely to poison yourself. That's to make thing. it. I mean, I've read I've read fiction where the murderer fakes their own death, or they, you know, they try to make it seem like they're innocent. Because that is certainly possible, but most of the time they have a way out. If Mister Vinch was in fact trying to pull the wool over our eyes, where's his way out? His own death? No, but it's okay. We'll we'll think of it this way. So. Uh, Mr. Armand, you've been talking about getting something slipped into their drinks or foods at these bacchanals. Anything, right? something that makes some sense, yeah. And now, and some of them die from it later. I mean, couldn't Gerhard have come in contact with the substance attending these parties as he did? Well, like I say, I mean, perhaps you, he was going to of, be selected. You kind of turned it into something. You kind of <laughs> turned it into something general. I don't think everybody's getting poisoned. All you have to do is slip it into my drink and I'm the one that right. gets poisoned. So, I mean, right. But I mean, if, direct. if people are being specifically poisoned, and so this is what I'm getting at, Dr. Roman, perhaps Gerhard was on the list of people who were going to be selected perhaps on Friday. Maybe he oh. was going to be the next one up. And Zoltan told him have... never to come again. But Zoltan, in fact, hating him might have given him the Perhaps he had too much of a dose of it. Now, a little bit. Of until, he never found call, out. Until, until Gerhardt dies, he remains a suspect. Correct. Because he can recover. And if he recovers, that could have been his plan all along. We, we never found out what it was that Gerhardt had done that offended Zoltan so heavily. We were told he foamed at, he foamed at the mouth 
and something very strange happened when they tried to turn up Ariadne's mother. And well, this, look, after what, at after, the mouth for us. After what we saw, do we, is it possible that he may have contacted this Atlak Nacha at the same time? Or, or is it possible, Dr. Benz, that whatever chemical he gave himself to do it for us, he did the same thing when he did the seance? Which, he's, he's replicated what effect charlatan would risk our own lives for money? Oh, well, all I mean, time. I guess what all Mr. Armand is... Yeah. <laughs> it was rather Houdini's <laughs> modus operandi. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, Houdini spent a lot of time trying to debunk his life. life. There's, there's another thing that's kind of obvious at this point. Uh, we have Zoltan and Ariadne, who we think are charlatans. And Gerhardt could be a charlatan, and they could all be in league together. Possibly, yeah. but somehow I'm not certain about that. But disbelieve me, if you will, I, I at this point, I'm almost to the point of not caring. But the rest of you, I slam the book down on the table with the, it opened to the, 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 the enrollment passage. Disbelieve me, if you will. I don't did, particularly did, care, but did you? This, sorry, <laughs> but look at this legend of Atlak Nacha, and does it not fit? Hmm? Of course, it fits. You went to the library, found a book that's got that in it. Anyone on the planet could go to the library, find that book with that in it, and then construct an elaborate con around such a so thing. So I'm just mad I couldn't be right. No, I'm not saying that at all. I'm just saying you're not right. You're, you don't know that you're right. These are all coincidences, but these are con people. Con people make coincidences happen. This could have, this, it could have happened. It could have happened, whereas Gerhardt had done this before. He found this story in the library, for instance, or somewhere else, researched it, and then performed his seance doing these tricks and that upset Zoltan. We already know there's he, a connection. Yeah. He, maybe he tried doing it again for us and something went a little wrong. It went a little too far. You all can definitely see that I'm kind of like, this is not usual for me. I'm getting rather like, not exactly hostile, but we definitely. Can, we can tell. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We can I, tell. Mean, look, I mean, look, Dr. Bentz, uh, the Bible could explain a supernatural reason for this. He was just possessed by the devil. You know, he was doing his witchcraft. Uh, what it's but I'm not past ready to noon, isn't that it? explanation either. Yes. I'm seriously thinking about running to Boston. And the only reason this is because that con artist or whatever it is that's blackmailing Vargas, he might have the answers. And he's selling he it back to, to Vargas. If I could sneak in and find out who this guy is and what he does, then maybe I can pay him money to find out what Vargas is up to. Because I think that he has the key to what the Vargases are up to. Okay. So are you going by yourself? Is anybody planning on going with him? I would I'm, have, but I am not particularly charitable, charitable it, right now. It's it's gonna take what maybe an hour to get to Boston. An hour train ride. Yeah. Train ride. I'll I'll go. I mean, heck, I usually do backup work for you. Should we drive? Yeah. Would it be faster if we drive? I'd probably roughly the same amount of time, right. maybe a little bit longer to drive. Let's drive so that we can just come back <clears throat> afterwards. Yeah, and, and we can we can be in more in control of our transportation. Yeah. 
given that we know that this partland is open to criminal enterprise, you should be cautious and it makes sense to go as two. Yeah. Garland, I was thinking that we should try to find, was it two young ladies we know were also at the seance that went terribly awry? Yes, I met da, 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 Linda. Da, da, their names Laura. are somewhere in my notes. Lorraine and Laura. Yeah, I met. They're the, they were the ones who were talking with Vich <clears throat> to begin. I would with. love to get a firsthand account of somebody who was at that seance gone awry. Uh, so I, if we can locate them, I have no idea what their last names are. If I could come tr- along, that would be appreciated. I don't even know where to start looking for them. Well, you know, given their, you know, given their ages, appearance, uh, your um, ability to ascertain economic level at a glance based on cuff, shoe, hair, skin quality. You know, you can tell us whether they're students or not, whether they're wealthy girls or not. I can talk to my shop girl. I was going to say she might have a better, mm. she would more likely know who they are. Depending because, on whether they were upper crust or not. Yeah, I, I don't, they didn't strike me as upper crust, did they? I don't recall that they did. And it was such a mixed class affair. Uh, I mean, but we can make efforts, you know, we have until Thursday before we know something else is going to happen. And were they were they sisters? Did they look familiar, Keeper? No, they they were no. friends. No, they, they were friends. Okay. <clears throat> okay. Um, well, let's do this. We'll we'll start with uh, Harvey and Benjamin. Uh, you drive up to Boston, uh, head over to Partland Photography, which is at two forty seven Tremont. It's right across the street from uh, Boston Commons, the the park that uh, Zoltan is supposed to meet somebody um you get to the uh the front of the the studio uh again there's a sign out there that says uh, partland photography um the sign on the door that says open for business okay um yeah want to get your picture taken harvey (laughs) sure let's uh let's step inside all right um so you walk inside and the the it's kind of it's kind of what you expect and it's kind of not what you expect so so you walk in and you see a counter uh with a a desk behind it and you see a a man sitting behind it he is probably in his late 40s maybe early 50s gray hair very unkept um wearing a white uh button-up shirt that has a couple food stains on it um the the gentleman is, is balding uh, mostly uh he sees you uh walk in and says oh hey can i uh can i can i help you welcome to partland photography looking to get a picture together um oh possibly um we were told to ask for mr hal partland ask me hal partland owner of partland photography what can i get you well um um, we were, you know, we're, we're really good friends. We were hoping to get like a, a nice picture. Um, 
is this your studio or do you do it in the back or oh well yeah you know and you see a, a camera there he's like yeah I, I can uh you know we've got a dark room in the back we have some some other f- uh, photographic rooms uh you know where a studio in the back too where, where i take the pictures uh i mean is this for your wives i mean what what, what are we you know talking about here um just for the office oh okay like yeah business I mean, partners yeah, we, we can do that, you know, pretty easily. Uh, usually you don't get the, uh, you know, gentlemen coming in here for uh, pictures, uh, but, you know, absolutely can can do that. Um, he starts to kind of pull out some paperwork to, you know, uh, fill some things out. Sure. Um, you get a lot of people coming in for photos? Uh, you know, we, we get enough, uh, you know, enough to, to keep things busy. You know, it's, it's kind of a slow time right now, but uh you know you'll you'll have that you know not everybody can afford to get a photographer uh uh their photograph taken so you know there there are other ways to, that that we can make money oh like uh i don't know i imagine you get families coming in and stuff like that but uh you yeah, do magazine uh, work or or stuff for other things yeah you you could say that we we do uh mag- i do magazine work do you, do you ever cover events Events? No, no. Uh, it's mostly just, uh, you know, people coming in here. Uh, much easier to do that than, you know, try to wrangle everybody uh, to, together. Well, I think this is all filled out. Um, I think we'd like, what would you like, like Harvey, maybe a, uh, um, <laughs> um, I don't know, uh, what sizes do you have? I like something for the wall, you know, not huge, but. Yeah. Something we might do like eight and a half by eleven or something like that. Like, yeah, all right, yeah, you know, for something like that, it'd be uh, you know, five dollars. Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, can yeah, sure. Show us your studio. Well, let's go in. So he uh, takes you into the back, um, and I'm doing yeah, spot hidden. I want to see what what is it. Go, go, yes. both of you. Go ahead and, and spot hidden roll. Yeah. Double o four. Wow. Nice. Um, so as you're going into the back, uh, you see that um, he takes you through this back door uh, into a studio that has a uh, very uh, another camera, uh, kind of the, the white backdrop or, or what you would expect. And you see uh, two doors. Uh, one uh, very obviously leads to a dark room. The other um, is a door that's kind of half ajar, and he hurriedly goes towards it when you uh, first walk into the room and shuts it. But you can see in there that there was a uh, kind of like um, one of those uh, kind of like uh, settee couches where, you know, you would kind of like half sit, half half lay down um, and kind of draped over it where it was some uh, women's lingerie. Uh, he he very quickly closes that. Uh, it says, all right, if you gentlemen want to stand over here, I, I can take a picture. All right. I mean, we might as well get a picture. Oh, yeah. yeah. So you you go and, uh, you know, he, he takes your picture um, and says, uh, he takes a couple. Uh, he says, well, you know, it's going to take uh, about, you know, three or four days for me to develop this. Um, but I will, you know, uh, if you can give me your number, I'll give you a call when when we're ready. All right. Um, here's my number, and um, here's my card. Uh, I am uh, Detective Benjamin Armand. Oh, detective, huh? That's uh, mm-hmm. uh, interesting. You're not you're not here on a case, are you? He kind of half smiles jokingly. 
Well, um, in fact, his smile slowly starts to disappear. Uh, Mr. Partland, I am currently working on a case and it involves, it involves a number of con men. Con men? And, yeah. Hey, I'm a legitimate businessman here. I'm not accusing you of anything. Um, although, uh, you know that pornography is illegal. Uh, well, yeah, absolutely. What makes you think that I uh, would have anything to do with that? You didn't close the door fast enough, and I'm a detective. So let's let's get a couple of things straight. One is I have no reason whatsoever to say anything about the business that you are doing here. However, I do believe that you have a meeting tomorrow with a Mr. Uh, how's his name? Vargas. Uh, Sultan. The Sultan Vargas. And I'm, I'm stepping like uh, 10, 12 feet away from Ben at this time, just sort of being on the other side of the room. Um, he says, well, you know, I don't know any Zoltan. Um, of course you do. Um, I wouldn't be here if you didn't. Um, you have some pictures that you are selling back to him. Uh, I'm going to assume then that they are perhaps pornographic. Hey, you know, look, uh, go ahead and give me a... Intimidate? Uh, yeah, I think that's good. <laughs> and you can even do it with a, um, a, a bonus die. Um, yeah, I probably don't. Yeah, I've got a 75 intimidation. <laughs> yeah, and I'm kind of circling around back. Okay, so yeah, I got a 36, so that's oh, a yeah. hard. So he's like, hey, you know, look, you know, I'm, I'm not here for any in, in trouble. You know, I... You know, I'm a, like I said, I'm a legitimate businessman. You know, all right. Maybe I am selling some some photos back to somebody, uh, but you know that's that's my business. All right, it's your business, yeah. And you'd like to keep your business. Um, yeah. Well, tell you what, all I want to do is know what the pictures are. I won't say look, a thing. You can still go through with your deal with Mister Vargas tomorrow. You don't have Look, to say I, a damn thing. You keep, you keep saying Varga. I don't know who this Varga is. All right. You know, I'm, I'm meeting somebody, uh, a guy named Devin tomorrow, Devin McCoy. You know, Devin look, McCoy. I took took a pic, some pictures of his girlfriend uh, a couple years ago. Now, I guess she wants him back. Uh, and so, you know, I'm, you know, I'm giving him a deal. I'm, I'm going to sell him uh, the pictures back. Can I, can I see the pictures? Well, you know, I'm selling Show them me the to him. pictures. All right. Uh, and, you know, he kind of turns around, uh, goes um, goes back into that back room, uh, comes back with a manila envelope uh, and hands them to you. He's like, look, yeah, I'm, I'm not looking for any trouble here. And I'm going to look at the pictures. Is uh, it Ariadne? They, yes, they are of Ariadne. Did he might might perhaps mention what this woman's name was? Uh, yeah, his name was uh, Ariadne. Uh, Ariadne Madden. You know, look that that's all, that's all that I know. You know, she came to me a couple years ago, needed some money. I right. you know I, I do some business with some magazines. You know, that's all it is. No harm. Now listen, listen. I don't care what you do. I I'm actually not even against pornography. So look, 
I want you to have your meeting with him, do whatever you were going to do anyway. And I don't want you to say anything about me being here. You understand? I do want the photographs of me and Harvey because we're friends and I'll, I'll put in extra for the trouble that you've gone to. I I appreciate that. I appreciate that. And Hey, you know, look, we don't need to involve the cops. I I think we're uh, understanding here. All right. Cops just mess things up. All right. Thank you very much, Mr. Hartland. You have a nice day. And and as you uh, as you leave uh, the, um, you can see him kind of you know close the door. He, you know, very nervous as as you leave, he closes the door, locks it, and turns the uh, open for business sign over to closed. Um, the the rest of the day for for you two are is you know you, you drive back. Um, just because uh, to get everybody back on kind of the same schedule, you you uh, hit a snag with traffic on the way back, so it takes a little bit longer than normal to, to get back. So you're not you don't get back until um, early evening. Uh, the other three of you, you, you start your hunt for the the two women, um, uh, Garland, Thaddeus, and Sybil. Um, you know you, you know that they're friends. Unfortunately, you don't know much more than that, and so you know at least you know with your initial attempts you don't really find uh too much out of it uh until thaddeus you decide i I believe you had even mentioned that you were going to call glenda to see if you know potentially she knew of it um and so you um call her um and she picks up the phone and is very excited to hear from you thaddeus oh i was just thinking about you How, how are you doing well, uh, you know, I'm well. It's been a it's been an interesting uh, week. Um, uh, we uh, we attempted a séance last night. It didn't go oh. quite as expected. How exciting! Just just like what the Vargas do. A bit like that, yes. We're taking a couple pages out of the Varga book. Um, now. You, you've been going to the Varga parties pretty reliably. Yes. And I hope I'll see you this Friday at their next. Oh, you didn't hear. Oh, uh, no. Is there oh, news? yeah. I, I actually ran into Ariadne today. She, was, she had come by the store. She was doing some shopping. Apparently, they have to leave town. And so she moved up the, the party one day. It's going to be tomorrow night. I'm so glad you called. So now, now you can show up there and we can both be there together. Yes, that's. I'm very glad that I didn't wait any longer to call you. You certainly are uh, a young lady in the know. Absolutely. Well, I, I'm sorry. I, I do have to run, but I will. I'm looking forward to seeing you there tomorrow. It's a date then. All right. And with that, we'll end it for tonight. They have to leave town, do they? Hmm. Our players included David Gasway, Stuart Lipley, Jen Obertaz, Morgan Llewellyn, and myself with Tyler Hudak as the Keeper of the Secrets. We have, a, uh, we have a Discord server where you can chat with our other members. You can have a private, you can set up private games and you can learn the finer arts of gameplay and game mastering. We provide audio-only versions of our shows free for you to, map, for, to download from uh, Podbean or iTunes. Good heavens. If you'd like to help support our show, please visit our Patreon account. Just a dollar to a month helps us a lot. 
like, share, and subscribe to our channel and punch the bell icon for updates on our latest shows and leave us some comments. We enjoy reading them and answering any questions you might have. This is Tom Rayleigh, together with all the members of our gaming club, inviting you to journey with us once again into the darkness for another adventure into the universe of H.P. Lovecraft and the Call of Cthulhu role-playing game. Until next time, good luck and good gaming. Just cast an eye while by in her direction. Oh, me, oh, my, 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 that perfection. I repeat, don't you think that's kind of neat? I ask you confidentially, ain't she sweet?